What is up, Brad fans? How you doing? How you living? Spaced out, wearing a mask, wherever applicable, I hope. Uh, today, we have a great new episode for you, I, talking again to a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. This episode, we have Noemi Weiss, who is an award-winning filmmaker, making award-winning documentaries for over 20 years. She's also a writer, director, producer, um... And her work centers a lot around human rights, advocacy, humanitarian topics, and this film that we discussed uh, on this episode is no different. It deals with the global youth mental health crisis. You have probably heard of this, um, that rates of anxiety, depression, suicide are going up in youth around the world. It's not just a European problem. It's not just a North American problem. Um, it is a global problem. Uh, now, do we know exactly why? No. Uh, a lot of factors that probably go into this. Uh, we discussed some of those in our in our conversation. But the data is clear that th there is something going on. Um, so the film is one of the first to really focus on youth it's themselves too. Uh, there's not, there's, I don't think any adults in the film. It's a lot of... Um, young people talking about their experience, talking about what they need, uh, what they would like to see, and highlighting some programs that uh, are being trialed, you know, some some solutions, you know, some ways to deal with this. Um, so there's some success stories in there too. It's a really nice film, um, gives you a lot to think about. I watched it and had a lot of uh, conflicting feelings you know, about what was going on and, and how to deal with this. And um, the film's purpose is really to, to do that, to make you think and to start a discussion. So I would encourage you to get involved in this discussion by going to connectingthedotsfilm.com. So connectingthedotsfilm.com. There's a hashtag you can follow as well, raise your hand, hashtag raise your hand, and connectingthedotsfilm.com. Is the Instagram handle, um, and that's there's a Facebook page as well. But if you go to the website connectingthedotsfilm.com, you can register to be a part of the virtual global community screening. So November nineteenth, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can register to be part of the screening. You can watch the film, and then afterwards there is a roundtable discussion, youth-led roundtable discussion. Again, this is all about hearing from youth. Who are struggling with these issues and who uh, are trying to overcome them and help others overcome them. So it's it's a it's an important topic, but it's also a hopeful um, project. Uh, so if teachers, community organizers, uh, youth themselves, if you're listening, um, go to connectingthedotsfilm.com. You can register for the screening on November 19th. You can also get in touch with them to. Uh, host a special screening in your own community for your own organization. Um, these are easily arranged. Uh, you, you can just email the team uh, at, and get in touch with them at connectingthedotsfilms.com. So I'm going to bring you that conversation with Noemi Weiss in just a minute. But first, you guessed it, at 2Brad4U. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at 2Brad4U, uh, at bvampairedon. I am on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can get in touch with me. I would love it if you did. Also, big news, 2 brad for you at gmail.com. You can email the show. 
if that's your way of reaching out. Tobradforyou at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you want to cover. Uh, we will read out questions, comments, that kind of stuff on the show. Not a problem. Um, Tobradforyou.wordpress.com is still the website. You can reach out there. Uh, and then just, of course, please subscribe, follow, like, comment, all that stuff on your podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, whatever you're using. That stuff really does help us. We reached 84 on the UK Natural Sciences Sciences podcast rate rankings. It's the highest we've ever been in any country. So thank you. Thank you for that. I have no idea how many podcasts are listed on that uh, Natural Sciences category. But hey, we're the 84th. Uh, or were. So yeah, please continue to do that. Subscribe. Um, that really helps us out. It helps us get more visible. Uh, and that's what we're all about, reaching more people. So, yeah, tell a friend, too. Why not? Uh, one more time, connectingthedotsfilm.com. Check it out. Um, and here is my conversation with Noemi Weiss. All right. So thank you very much, Noemi Weiss, for joining me. Um, I just had a chance to watch your film, Connecting the Dots. So I got to watch it today. Um, very interesting film, um, emotional at times, because it is covering a difficult uh, but important topic, youth mental health. So you've been, from my understanding, reading your background, you've been making films for a long time, a number of award-winning documentaries. I'm curious as to what brought you to this one, the youth mental health issue around the world. Thank you for having me. Pleasure talking to you. Um, when I started reading about the statistics, when I started reading about what was happening with uh, youth mental health from a global perspective, uh, it was alarming. And I, I thought, well, I need to delve into this topic. And, and see what I can do having a medium that can support the youth and can maybe amplify their voices further and understand what is the reason and what have we created as a society to have a generation of young people feeling this way. So that was really where I delve into um, doing a very deep research about three years ago. It's been three years in the making of the film, um, very much devoted 24-7, it's been a very difficult topic. I have done films that have been difficult topics like domestic violence, like gay rights, like child traffic. Um, but this one was particularly extremely difficult uh, because of the subject matter and because I think that it affects everyone. And uh, that's how I started. And, and then once I started talking to young people, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. I felt very compelled and I felt that... I could offer them a platform for them to speak, for them to tell their stories. Um, and then I, talking to people from around the world, I realized that the stories were very similar, no matter where we were. So that's when I moved into a global um, narrative because the, it was extremely similar. There was no backgrounds that were um, really making a difference in their stories. There was no cultural difference. There was no socioeconomic difference. And, and that's what brought me into really a very deep research for the, 
first two years and the third year has been in production and editing and crafting the story and, and bringing it now forward. So the show really just begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. You mentioned how it's a global, you know, problem and, and that the stories were similar and the backgrounds and stuff were similar because, you know, that's kind of one of the things that jumps out to me when I see a problem like this um, as being, you know, trained as a scientist, you know, as you try and look for, well, what are the distinguishing factors between groups that might explain what's going on here or something like this. But it's interesting to see that, you know, the sort of demographics, the culture, that's less important. So there is something going on that's sort of unique to the entire world, which is, you know, disturbing on one level, but also then kind of, if you look at it the other way, kind of uplifting in that it's like, you know, the message of we're all the same, you know, we're all we can all work on this together. That's the intention. The intention for me has been all around that we have to unite voices together. We have to be together here. Look at us today with COVID and, and how the world is being united by adversity, really. But in a way, we are suffering in, from the same problems. And, and mental health has become more relevant than when I started with this film three years ago. And I'm hoping as well that the fact that, you know, and the good of adversity, that the fact that everybody has some sort of mental disturbance, let's call it right now, um, either with anxiety, with depression, with loneliness, with isolation, there are so many factors that are affecting all of us right now because of the pandemic, that I'm hoping that the general public at large will understand the youth much more than when I started three years ago, because one of the biggest hurdles that I found when I was doing research is adults not understanding young people. And I think that there's a disconnect still on that. And, and these generations are different. Uh, they are different because they are much more aware. They are very well informed. They are connected, which is very interesting on, on thinking that we are more connected than we have ever been before and still loneliness is larger and, and more prevalent than ever before. So there's a very big disconnect here. Uh, and I think that is a subject that we all need to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, as you're speaking there, I'm thinking of all of these things that are coming up because it is such a, there's a lot of, I guess, unknowns or unexplainables or things that we still sort of struggle with as a society. I think of, you know, just awareness. Um, in the last, you know, five, six years, I would say mental health awareness has become more of a thing. You know, you see initiatives back in Canada, the mental health awareness days and you know, there's campaigns and stuff about it. So it's like, it's getting better there. Um, but what you said about adults not understanding um, the youth was interesting to me. And there was a point in the film, and I can't remember exactly the character that, that mentioned this, but it was talking about how kids grow up with the social media these days, you know, whereas us adults, you know, we remember a time without that. And I've always thought of that as someone that, you know, like I, by the time social media became really prevalent, I was out of high school. I was, I'm 35 years old. So, you know, it was, I didn't have that same pressure. And 
I always, I never thought of it in the reverse way, you know, where it's like, oh, wow, no, these kids, they really don't, like, they don't have that experience of what it was like to have before that, you know, and, and what would that mean? And how would that mean that we cannot relate to their experience? I somehow always viewed it as like, well, we could still relate to them because we know what it was like with and without. But it's actually kind of the opposite when you think in some way where, again, this character in your film pointed out that it's like, well, no, by, by them having no experience of the without, it's, it's even more difficult, I guess, for us to relate. I don't really have a question there, but yeah. that just like really struck well, me. I think you know? that, you know, I don't know and nobody really can tell you if, if it is social media or technology, the cause of these high rates of, of isolation and high rates of, of mental health issues with the young people. It has, it's a factor definitely, but I think it's a combination of many, many things. Our society has been extremely busy uh, for many years, uh, parents, educators, all of us, the kids themselves, uh, they are very, very busy. So we've been busy being busy and, and there's, there's a lack of conscious somehow in many people into what's important in life, you know, and what are, what are the root causes? Um, and what, what is, what is a conversation? Maybe sometimes, you know, we are on agendas, we are on meetings, we are on, on calendars, and the kids are doing the same thing. So there's very many factors. Um, and the roots of why uh, people have mental health issues are very different. I mean, it could be sometimes it's, it's hunger, sometimes there's no food at home, sometimes the parents are not there or they are too busy. Sometimes there is the environment. Sometimes it's the culture that doesn't understand them. There is sometimes it's the school. Sometimes it's bullying. There's very many factors that could affect. And I think that one of the messages that I tried to bring in the film is, is for all of us to listen, to listen and accept that we are all the same, but we are all different and that we have to understand each person and be kind to that person and be mindful of, the language we use and the way we communicate and understand that mental health is as important as physical health and, and that we shouldn't be ashamed. And if we can bring break the stigma somehow and talk about it more freely, I think that a lot of the barriers will start easing off. And, and I don't think that we can talk about youth mental health without having the young people as part of the conversation. So that's why the film is exclusively on the voices of young people. There is no adults mm -hmm. in the film because it's our time to listen. We have built this society for them. They came into this world that we created. And obviously we've done something wrong or if we didn't inadvertently, we don't, we might've, let's assume that all parents and every individual wants the best for the young people. And we are not here to blame anyone, but maybe it's time to pay attention. Maybe it's time to listen and mm -hmm. to reflect on that and to see what are the things that we need to do. And I think it's having them as part of the conversation that we can all learn more and, and be active in supporting them in a better way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was I liked that approach in the movie that it was 
you, you know, there wasn't, um, you know, a narrator coming in and explaining these things to you. It really was just, we're listening to these stories. And there was the one character, the guy that talks to the students and goes to the schools and does these sort of outreach programs. He kind of travels the world seeing, you know, kids in, in different places and speaking with, you, you know, different groups of children and young people to talk about these things. So I, I thought that was a, an interesting approach. When you question about filmmaking, I guess, um, when you saw the topic um, and then this idea of, you know, we need to hear the, the the youth story, was there something about the medium of film or your past experience making films that you thought this is something I could do and this is something that would be compelling for this story to help get that yeah, message absolutely. out? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the power of media for social change is very strong and and films have proven to make a difference. Um, with all my films, there has been some sort of impact. Each one of them in their own different target and, and storytelling had made a difference in communities. My last film, Milk, which is about the commercialization of birth and infant feeding, I had also from a global perspective, has brought implementation of changes as a result of the film. And I believe that with connecting the dots, we can do that and even more so because the topic is so so relevant at the moment and so important and we are dealing with young people that really need their support so by all means i i felt that if i can offer a platform to young people to talk i told them from the very beginning this is your story this is not my story i am going to tell your story but you are the protagonist here and and this is a, a way of of being completely open and completely um, out of, of any censorship of what we can say and what we cannot say. And that's when I started with uh, what I call the visual diaries, um, when I started connecting with young people from different parts of the world and offering the possibility of connecting with me regularly and sharing their experience, either a raw moment, a vulnerable moment, or, or really a call to action and what they thought that needed to change in the system, in their community. And it was quite a journey because it was not easy for me to be on the other side and listen a lot of very difficult stories, um, be compassionate and be mindful at the same time that I'm not a professional, I'm a filmmaker, and, and letting them know that I was there to listen. But when I saw that there was a moment where I needed to refer them to someone else, I did, because it was beyond what mm -hmm. I could offer, but it, it it provided a very healing process in the in in the making of the film for many of them, which is very rewarding and and that keeps me going as well because making films of this nature are very difficult, and I think that that communication on a regular basis made a big difference. And then um, you know, for me the narrative, which I obviously the you know documentaries have. They are known to be written three times. We write them when we first start with the idea and the vision, and then we write it again when we are on set or on location because there's magic that happens and, and things that come up that you have to be open to. But then there is the third one, which is the final, which is during the editing process. And that in collaboration, of course, with my editor and 
and, and a storyteller, a story producer. Um, we work really, really hard in crafting the story in a way that that we would be able to tell their stories in a very, very honest way, very um, authentic way as well, and and that it was going to reach people, each one of them as a symbol of hand, representing hundreds of thousands of others that are going through the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's... I'm thinking about, you know, these, you're reaching out to these kids and you're finding these kids that want to speak. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, like they are representing their peers and and other kids that are going through this. But, you know, when you, what was that process like? Did it take a while to sort of find kids that were willing to speak? Or is there sort of, you know, Maybe like a like a, a, the the ones that were willing to come out. Maybe they're unrepresentative in a way because they have that little bit of courage to to speak out and and be the ones to sort of lead from the front. Was it um, what was the experience of getting them to like <laughs> talk about this stuff on film? Well, that's that's a very difficult process in all films, in all documentaries, particularly dealing with human rights and social justice films. So it's always been a difficult process. But I'm I've it's not something that worries me much because I know that eventually the stories come forward. But there was a period of research of, of two years where I where the defining stories that I wanted to tell were very clear. Um, during the period of research, I, we spoke to many, many, many professionals in the film and organizations around the world who, who saw the need of a film of this nature and were willing to collaborate. So through them and making partnerships with them to help out, to reach out to their own communities, um, we were able to get stories um, that came through. And then I, I met with each person individually and, and that's how the stories kept on coming. And then it's a process because then you start making a decision of which one is the one that is really gonna be the one to to represent most likely other people, which one is the one that we could bring as a potential preventative solution because there's not really a solution. How do I bring hope? Uh, there were a lot of ideas and, and creative um, visions that I had into how to tell the story, which which brought me into very many locations and many people. Um, and, and that it was the process of creating the narrative, which obviously got molded in collaboration with my team. It, you know, films of this nature, when you see the credits, there's a lot of people that participate in it. And, and we all work very well together and, and being on set, being on research, being uh, with the young people themselves. And the process continues because right now, the intentions are that everybody who participated in the film is part of what we are talking, is part of the story. They are empowered by the fact that they are, their voices are amplified in a film. And now we are starting all over again. We are starting from a point of more empowerment for them to know that their voice can make a difference. Their story can touch someone and maybe bring some reflection. So uh, I was supported. I was supported by a lot of people, but it was a process and, and a lot of patience. I meditated on patience a lot. But things don't come mm-hmm. very easy. And this this film particularly has been extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So did you get a sense from the from the interviews from the students and stuff um you know a little again i'm i know there's no real answer i know i don't expect either of us to have an answer to this but i'm thinking about you know why now why is this issue whether it's you know we're just we're finally coming to realize it or there's been a you know, this gradual increase, like something is driving this increase. Again, this is my scientific training that thinks like, is it a problem where we just weren't diagnosing it before? And now because we're looking at it more, we're realizing, oh, geez, kids suffer from this, you know, a lot more than we thought. Or is there something that's kind of changed? And, you know, and, I, and watching the film, I was thinking back to my own youth and school. And it's like, yeah, you know, bullying existed when I was a kid things were you know people had challenges I know you know to people in my school committed suicide you know like it was those things were there so I'm wondering like, I'm wondering if you got a sense from you know you speaking to the kids were there things that you were seeing maybe that you were like oh this was something that I didn't deal with or that I didn't see when I was a kid or did they have some indication of how what might have changed to to sort of bring this there, there is no real answer but i but we have to be mindful on the fact that this generation is very different and and that the pressure mm -hmm. that they have from school and from parents in many 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 cultures um is is very strong that the world is very very competitive it has been competitive before but it's more so every day um, that they are able to see the future by being maybe on, on, on the internet and getting so much information. They are very informative. So there's a lot of questions that they had now that they didn't have before. Now, statistics vary all the time. I think that, yes, for the very first time, uh, people are paying more attention. And it could be because of the, the availability to information that we know more about it. It's hard to tell, but, but there is, for the very first time, um, organizations that are global dedicated their lives to, to, to the well-being of, of children um, are, are looking at mental health in a different scope and in a different light. And I think that they realize that there's a problem. But this, truth is that the statistics have been going up, that the rate of anxiety mm -hmm. and depression have been raising and that the rates of suicide have been raising. Although the, nobody can give you really real statistics, the numbers keep on changing and even more so with the pandemic uh, affecting everybody, the, the, the mental health organizations can hardly cope with the demand of calls. So there's a problem in the system right now, and that's where I think that we, we are seeing this is brought up in the film. There's not enough professionals to be able to sustain the huge demand that is out there. So there has been an increase of awareness that has been created by so many different entities. Um, and now that there's an awareness, people are coming forward and there's no system to support it. So mm -hmm. that's the problem right now. How do we support a system when there's so much demand? And that's where the peer-to-peer -peer support comes in. We're training young people with lived experience to be able to support other kids when they feel actually more comfortable. And they have they talk about it quite 
openly in the film and 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 in in several circumstances where you can see that young people are feeling more comfortable in talking to another peer than talking to another. There's an understanding there, and especially young people with lived experience that can relate to that person culturally or because of what they are going through. So all of those things are, are, are a big change in, in society at large. And, and it's much easier, if we look at it practically, to be able to train young people with lived experience who want to make a difference in the world because they don't want other people to go through the same thing that they have gone through than to wait eight to 10 years until an individual finish a career of medicine, psychiatrist, and then how, what do we do in the meantime? How do we support these people? And we have to do something mm -hmm. about it. So the peer-to-peer -peer support is a movement that is relatively new, but it has been growing in the last number of years. And there's still a lot of things that need to be looked at and they need to be better. And I think that everybody's trying to make it better, but we need films of this nature, I think, to open up the conversation to listen to the young people and to also recognize that they have potentially something that could add to how do we deal with this problem that the adults might not have seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the peer-to-peer -peer, um, thing that was, that was raised in the film, the strategy of that and how it sort of um, started in one place and moved to another and like that idea was was spreading was really a like one of the uplifting parts of the film I really enjoyed that um, and, and that whole thing it kind of like when I was watching it and when you were just speaking there I was thinking about you know obviously there's you know we have to speak about these things that's step one right is acknowledging there's a problem and stuff like that but you know, you you mentioned how it's like, okay, now that we're talking about it and now that we've put the light on it, we've shone the light on it, we realize that it's out of control. You know, like it's like you said, there's not enough psychiatrists to deal with this. And then, so how do we deal with it? We got to kind of go back to basics or look within ourselves and within our communities to to solve that with, you know, connecting with your peers and stuff like that. And then it makes me think, well, then was that the problem in the beginning? Is that what's happened is you know, sort of a breakdown in the way that kids are socialized. Um, I mean, I've read papers, I've seen papers about this, where, you know, kids don't have the sort of same play routines that they would have in the past, sort of unstructured, rambunctious kind of play with their peers. Whereas now everything's very, like you were mentioning, scheduled, and, you know, we've maybe coddled them a bit too much, you know, all of these kind of things. So it's like the solution that's being proposed is maybe what we've sort of drifted from in our child rearing environments, practices, society. I mean, the same could maybe be said for adults as well. I mean, rates of suicide in adults and loneliness, lack of community, this kind of thing. I think that we have um, to pay attention that coming back to roots as individuals, as human beings is what everybody's longing. Because at the end, we are human beings that need affection, that need connectivity that need to relate to another person and as much as we are living in a world that is very much 
savvy technologically, um, we still need the human contact. We still need that human uh, relationship that is going to support uh, one another. And it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist in many ways. Sometimes it's just a talk with someone that you trust and it's creating that community that it's a safe community. It's creating that safe space for young people and, and for adults as well. Uh, but in this case, we are dealing with youth to create an environment that is safe, that the young people can feel comfortable, um, that that sense of community and belonging make them feel that there's a reason to continue, that someone will listen to them, that someone will understand them, that there's nothing that they have to hide and to be feel free in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, and I, I'm thinking even then it's like, I mean, of course we need all those things. Those are all beautiful things. I'm wondering though, it's like if we had like, even before, again, before it gets to the point where someone is feeling like I can't talk to anybody and these, these emotions even build up. And I mean, I guess I'm kind of just thinking on the fly here and I, I'm not a psychologist, so I, I don't know how these things manifest. Right. But I'm thinking about, you know, kids from from the very earliest age, you know, if they're getting the appropriate um, socialization and, uh, you know, they're learning difficult lessons with their peers, you know, growing up, playing in the schoolyard or before that even, that maybe, you know, there's a breakdown there that leads to the point where we have to now worry about when they're seven, eight, nine years old, that they feel they're so isolated and that there's no one there. Like there's a lack of sort of buildup of these skills or this, you know, emotional resilience. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, just tough, be tough and it'll be fine. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many factors in this that it's just, it's, it's frustrating. But I, I, I focus on this idea of, well, what are we, what are we doing very early on that's, that these things are compounding to get to yes, that. And, and, and I'm very much about prevention. And I think that we, we bring it up in the film on many occasions. And I think that everything starts at the beginning of life. And, and, and yes, it would be wonderful to be able to provide young kids at the very early stage, a very strong foundation. And, and we have to educate parents. We have to educate teachers. We have to edu have, more counselors at school we have to have more attention all the way through so it the big problem is the system and and these kids might require more than others um but i it, it, according to what i have seen and i'm not a therapist i'm not a psychologist either i'm only narrating a story um but i've done enough research right now to be able to retell what i hear from other people and, and um, mm -hmm. education is, is fundamental and education goes in so many ways, right? It goes from all levels, but it's a, it's a society uh, responsibility. This is the responsibility of everyone who is part of a society and community is the first thing. And, and the, the very first community that we have is our family. So if we start mm -hmm. from the beginning, that's where everything grows in a different way. And parents need support. Parents are very stressed as well. And that stress is passed on to the kids as well because of the, the world we live in. 
Um, so there is a domino effect. Uh, we have to be cautious, conscious about it and, and, and be aware of it. And, but I think that if we are all together in this, um, sometimes we, we wait for the big entities in the world to be able to bring those changes. And in this case, I think that it comes from the roots up and we have to build it from the community. So that's what I'm hoping with the film, that we can inspire enough conversations to be able to motivate people to open up and also for for the different targets, being the parents, being the teachers, being the schools in, in general, um, be it the kids, peer-to-peer -peer support, uh, whatever it is, the different groups, to policymakers, uh, people that are in the decision-making world, that we, we all have to be together into this. And one will feed into the other one in order to make it better. It's not just one and the other one is not part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm... I'm interested in this idea of the parents and stuff too. And I think that this is where, you know, a, a film like this, that's, you know, we're, we're hearing about young people and it's really focused on young people could also impact parents, right? Because my, uh, my brother's a school teacher. He teaches, you know, the sort of middle age, high school, junior high age kids. And some of the anecdotes and experiences that he's had, you see that, there really is um, a culture of parents. So this generation of parents that's putting a lot of stress on their children and they themselves are stressed. And it's not to, you know, of course, not to cast judgment on them. That's just the way that society has sort of taken this. Um, but it's like, you know, parents need that, need a film like this to realize that, whoa, like, what am I doing here? How am I, how is my behavior or my own mental health affecting, you know, my kids and stuff like this. If the kids are growing up and seeing, you know, that mom's always stressed and needs to take a Xanax or whatever it is to get through, you know, what, what kind of message is that? You know what I'm saying? So it's really interesting. And I would hope, you know, I'd hope that, you know, it's the audience for the film is also going yeah. to be parents. Did you... Did did the did the children speak about their parents in some of these interviews? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have several versions of the film, um, and the, the featured version of the film, um, which is ninety minutes, gives us the platform to be able to tell more than on a fifty-five minute version. Um, we do have a group of young people, um, which are twelve years old, uh, fourteen maybe some of them, that talk about how parents are so stressed and how parents are bringing that stress to them in many ways and how parents are protecting them in a way that they cannot build the resilience because they are so overprotected. And that's natural as well, because I don't think that we are here to blame anyone. You know, if the parents are listening to the TV news in the morning, they are, they are very worried and they want to protect that child. But sometimes it's, it's going into a point that some parents become overprotected and they don't allow those kids to grow in a way that they will become resilient. And then that lack of resilience, when they do are, have a problem or they face any challenge, they just don't know how to react. So there's a balancing act um, that I think that our society at large, if we look at it from a very philosophical point of view, is that our society has been out of balance for a long time. 
And this is the result of the lack of balance. And the moment that we are out of balance, we all become quite dizzy. Mm-hmm. And we, can, mm-hmm. we cannot walk, yeah, right? It's... We cannot walk in a solid uh, in a solid ground because we lost our balance. And I think this is, this is mm-hmm. a result of what we have been seeing escalate over years. And, and the result is that the young people are the ones who are the recipients of it. That's why we have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, they're kind of like the, the canaries in the coal mine. Um, sort of signaling the problem for all of us. Um, and then your analogy there of being dizzy and not being able to walk, I just think like what's more, what fills you with anxiety more than struggling to find your balance and struggling to you know, know what's going on in the world or make sense of it and that kind of thing. So that's a, I mean, it's it seems kind of obvious then that, well, yeah, that would that would produce a lot of anxiety for people. Um, the other thing that really stands out to me that you've mentioned a few times, or it's come up a few times here, is that children are so informed uh, about things these days, again, because of the internet and, th- and things like this. And we could say, like, maybe um, there's an issue, too, with, you know, kids learning things, like we said, not from their parents, but, you know, they're seeing things on the internet or, you know, from kids at school that also haven't, you know, been taught the right way to deal with these things. And that could be compounding uh things but i'm just yeah i I never really thought of that again you know as someone that grew up with sort of without the internet in my pocket all the time that that might be you know just the sensory overload and just you know the way that media is very dramatic (laughs) these days to say the least that that actually would put a lot of anxiety onto someone when you're hearing about these things all the time and no, there's not a lot of positive messages maybe mm-hmm. coming out of that. Um, was that something again that like you saw come up again and again in the, in the different interviews with the with yeah? The kids? I mean, technology has to be used in a safety way, and technology could be very useful because we are connected right now. You're in Germany, I'm in Toronto, I'm in Canada, and and look at us talking, which is wonderful, but. Um, I compare this to the, you know, the industrialized revolution when it all started, and 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 when we had cars in the street without seat, we were driving without seat belts. We didn't have stop signs. We didn't have red lights. There were a lot of accidents. The internet came, and everybody took on it because it's so such an immediate gratification that it's just a, fantastic. We all feel great. I mean, we can connect so fast. But there hasn't been an education, there hasn't been any regulations for a very long time. They are starting to come. But I think that more than anything, it needs an education to the parents, to the school, to the teachers, to to everyone dealing with young people and to young people themselves. So they can navigate the Internet in a safety manner. We are not saying that the Internet is a bad thing, but let's use it properly. Let's use it safety safely and and parents might not even know how so they might need the education there's a lot of experts in many countries we interview an expert in the united states that she that's her focus of 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 where she's she's at in the effects of technology in the brain of a child the effects of technology in in the bad usage and and the effects on that child and the rates of 
of so many different things that you list here and, and it's very scary. So I think that again, it's, it's a community effort where we all need to understand how to navigate the world that we are in safely. And if we have to cross a street, we know that we have to stop, look for the light. Well, before we go into a platform that we don't know, let's make sure that the kids know where to go. Let's make sure that the parents know where the kids are going and who are they talking to? Are they talking to someone who is pretending to be someone else and maybe it's an adult, you know, it's very important that the parents get informed and, and, and talk about what are the kids doing on the internet? What are they playing with? What kind of games, who are they playing with? Because there's been many, mm -hmm. many, many stories that have come out and they are all public in the media of, of kids that have gone into the wrong places and as a result of that had mm -hmm. affected their life and some of them took their own lives because of, of that so we have to be very conscious about it mm -hmm. and i guess this is something too that we're you know we're talking about the disconnect of adults that didn't grow up in this world thinking about these things how are they supposed to know no. What the dangers are, right? Like, I mean, we can talk about it. Like you said, you've heard the you've heard the stories. You see the stories, the 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 negative stories that the consequences that happens when this goes wrong. But people are probably thinking, oh well, yeah, but my kid doesn't do that, or my you know they wouldn't do that, or I'm got to I watch them, or they heard there's a password or something. But these kids are smart, you know. They'll they'll get around these things and they'll find the things, especially when you specifically try and keep it from them, you know. So this idea of like it's not about no, you can't go there. It's you're going to see things, you're going to be exposed to things, and you have to know how to deal with them and you, you know who to talk to and this kind. Yeah. Of thing. So it's an education, an education to everybody, right? Because we cannot expect that the parents who have not been in the internet and who are just learning how to use an email or, or navigate on, on, on a platform just for information would know what to do. But I think that that's what we try to bring forward with the film is awareness that this is a topic that must be looked at, that this is something that there are experts that can actually train those parents. So the idea with the film of like connecting the dots is to trigger a conversation, to open up the discussion and to bring questions like you're having and then seek out for professionals out there that will be able to offer the right advice because there's many out there. It's just that we have to have the time to look at them and we have to spend, you know, conscious time to know that, yes, it's not, it's not wasted. This is something that I need to learn if I want to pass it on to the next generation. And, and it's a conversation. So that's the idea of films of, of this kind, right? We, we start a conversation, we open up discussion, and, and we hope to bring change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, another thought that came while I was watching the film, and it, it's popped into my head a couple times during this conversation, is um you know obviously the the peer-to-peer -peer thing is great you know connecting kids with each other to help each other work through their problems but i wonder if there's kind of not speaking about the peer-to-peer -peer thing specifically i'm thinking more generally as uh, society and stuff like this that we're kind of with some of these discussions um 
maybe expecting a lot of the kids like you know it's like okay well you guys you need to talk about this this is your issue this is your thing you know you guys have to fix it you know we can't fix this for you kind of thing i don't i don't think anyone's intentionally doing that but maybe this is part of it so what is what did you find in talking with the kids like what is it that they wanted from adults from their teachers from their parents from their you know what what was it that they were saying that they needed in terms so that we could support them well it, it's clear in the film they need to be listened number one and 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 Teachers need to talk more about mental health. There needs more education about mental health. It has to be more open. The kids will feel more comfortable talking about it. Parents need to open up as well. Um, when it comes to peer-to-peer -peer support, the organizations are training these peers to work with other peers, but they need adults and they need professionals that support them as well because they, they also will need that support. And the organizations are doing the best to do this. Sometimes it might become overwhelming because of the demand. Uh, and because peer-to-peer -peer support is so new, there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of supporting those peers to be able to be strong enough to support other peers because it's a chain effect. Um, but the adults and the professionals and the organizations that are dealing closely in training peers are, are doing the best they can and they are training these kids and the kids know that the young the young peers know that they have someone to go to if if they don't know the answer of if something became too difficult for them which is something important for everybody to know that you have someone to go to if you need it but there's been many times that i have heard from peers saying that you know the the overwhelming effect of them getting all of these stories has been difficult and they needed help themselves. And I relate to that because for me, as a filmmaker going through the process of making this film, the first year particularly was very difficult. Um, you know, after talking to, to a young person that felt comfortable enough to open up and tell me so many intimate things um, not only did it leave me with a very strong reflection and self-reflection that it does, because this is a topic that makes us all think a lot, but many times I had to go out for a walk and take a breath because it was just too much. And a lot of the professionals, friends of mine, have said, who's supporting you? How are you managing with this? So I don't think that any one of us is exempt from needing support from another person. I think that that's where the, collect mm -hmm. the collective hope comes in. And that's when connecting the dots as it is, is about connecting all of us together because we definitely need to look at all of it as, as a whole. We cannot just take it individually and say, there is one person that is able to manage everything on their own and they don't need any help. It's very mm -hmm. Yeah, or looking to one person to sort of solve it all or take on everybody's issues and, and just have all the answers. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's, it's, it seems so simple, you know, in a way that you, you, you talk to the kids like, what do you want? Well, I just want to be able to talk about it. And there, there was a few kids, I believe in the film that did mention that I wish we talked about this more in school. And I'm kind of curious, I wonder why that is that we've shied away from that. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming, you know, we had, again, I'm thinking of my own experience, we had the sort of mandatory, 
once a month, twice a year, anti-bullying discussion or, but we, and they would always say, well, you can always go talk to the counselor if you need to, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't this sort of open, very large conversation. Um, I'm wondering, you know, why that is, if it's just people struggle to believe that kids um, have, you know, what we consider like sort of adult problems, sort of adult level you know, like something like depression, you know, you think of like, well, you're a kid, what do you have to be depressed about? You know, that's kind of like the stigma, right? So I wonder if that's part of why we haven't had this discussion before. Well, again, comes to understanding the problem, being more open. And, and by all means, I mean, the education at school has to be very open. And are those teachers trained enough to do this? And, and are, are, are there enough counselors to, to be able to support, you know, the amount of kids needing help. And I think that we shouldn't take very light uh, the fact that a seven-year-old has anxiety because that's happening. I mean, I've heard from many young kids. Uh, there's one little one in the film too that he says, I suffer from anxiety and depression. I don't think that other generations have had the even the language to express what they what they went through. Mm -hmm. But I think it's understanding where it comes from is being able to understand what's causing, what's triggering uh, that anxiety and for parents to be able to break down their feeling in a language that the kids can relate to and express that anxiety and where it comes from so they can feel more comfortable and safe, right? I think that it -hmm. came over and over again in many conversations, a lot of young people saying, I just want to be loved because they do feel that they are not loved when they don't, where they are not heard. And, and that's the basics of human relationships. Everybody wants to be loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in my, being loved is a big, you know, obviously, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one, but it's, it's often gets missed. Um, the other thing I'm thinking of, and this comes from just sort of my readings on the topic, more with adults than with children, but is like a sense of purpose, you know, um, something to sort of work towards, to challenge you, that kind of thing. And I wonder, you know, it kind of comes with this messaging we were talking about of, you know, they're so informed, so they know that the world is going to be so challenging and that, you know, maybe there's less, they already realize that there's less jobs available and these kind of things. Um, it's kind of interesting because it's like you want to give them purpose, you want to give them challenge, but not if they're thinking so far ahead, like that's an unattainable challenge that, that could be overwhelming. But, you know, our kids, I guess, um, you know, is, is there, are they playing sports? Is that a, a something that could go? Are they pursuing art or some kind of a hobby or something that they're doing that they're not good at it, that they have to learn to do? And, you know, I'm, and I don't hang out with a lot of young kids. I don't have young kids. I, my siblings don't either. So I'm just wondering if that's something that maybe is is lacking too. Is this, are they just at home on their phone or, you know what I mean? I guess I'm, I'm sounding like the sort of out of touch, uh, you know, adult that's maybe contributing to the problem. No, no, but. no. Your questions are very valid. And, and in the film, um, we bring music very strongly. We bring, uh, you know, other mm-hmm. ways of releasing uh, that anxiety, those emotions through drumming, 
through singing, through music, through uh, community in general, through dance. Uh, arts are very important way of expression and sometimes they can express more than the words. Um, and it's a way of releasing. So finding tools that could help as well, of course, it makes a difference. Good nutrition is very important to have healthy minds and healthy, you know, and taking the body as a tool. Um, that's very important. We bring that forward in the film as well. Uh, I think that there's very many different possibilities for each one. It's just a matter of choosing that one. But it all starts with a conversation and it all starts with trying to understand and yes, bring that hope. And that was very important for me to be able to bring hope at the end of the story, um, to finalize with a call of hope, to be able to, this, if this generation of young people are called the hopeless generation, well, let's tell them that they do have hope, that we are here to support them. This is our responsibility to listen to them and to see how together we can make it better for them and how they can contribute to make it better. So they are not just in the periphery looking at what we are doing as adults that perhaps don't understand them, but bring them to the conversation. And if we are all working on this together, you know, hopefully we'll bring change. And, and that's the big message of hope all the way through that, you know, don't lose that hope because there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why my darkness to light is, is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the film is a hopeful one. It's not a, it wasn't a, you know, a entirely <laughs> negative, depressing kind of experience. I really, I do appreciate that there was a, an emphasis on, Hey, like there's, this is a big problem, but there's ways we can do this. And some of those kids um, that are leading the nature walks or, you know, doing the the music and stuff like that it's really inspiring to see that there is you know um leadership and and action there and, and a willingness to do good i think you know this there's like kind of like what we talked about at the beginning there's this kind of dual-sided nature to it it's it's sad that we're all the, the whole global community is is feeling this way like we've obviously something got screwed up that we're all feeling that way or that the kids are all feeling that way but there's this sort of unifying message as well. Um, and like I said, I think we kind of expect a lot of our kids, you look at them doing the climate movements and things like this. And I can understand that they feel like they got a lot on their shoulders, but it's like, it's also very uplifting for me to see, you know, it's, it, but I never really thought of it as like a really pressure producing um, scenario for kids. I see the youth doing things and these sort of movements and stuff. I'm like, good. We're going to need you guys to fix some of these problems. We're going to need you guys to work with, you know, sort of me, people like me and my middle age that are, you know, there. But it's having this common ground, I guess, is what your film promotes. And I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great um, message. Yeah, thank you. That That's the intention. And if this is what you received, I'm glad to hear. And I'm hoping the audience at large will feel compelled enough to take action to bring the film to their community, to start the conversation and and to see how together, you know, we can be better. Mm -hmm. So then we can start wrapping up here. How, you know, what's the message for people um, in terms of what they can do, what they can do to be involved? And then also 
seeing the film because it's November 19th, I believe, is a, a online global Yes, screening. we have a, an online global community screening uh, on November 19th. Eastern time is 3 p.m. Um, in Europe, it will be six hours more. And in other countries, we have people that are joining us from very many parts of the world, and we invite everybody to join us as well. Um, it will be followed, we'll be showing a short version of the film, 55 minutes, so we can follow with a roundtable discussion with participants from the film. And, and we invite everybody to join us. This is a one-time global community free screening to start the conversation and, and the call to everybody is, um, you know, bring the film to, if you were inspired when watching and when listening to young people, bring it to your community. Let's continue the conversation in your community and bring whatever symbols you have seen in the film to relate them to the needs of your own circle and what needs to change. Um, we are provoking the start of a conversation and, and hopefully giving some tips in, in some of what the young people are talking about that, um, that will not only bring conversation, but hopefully implementation of changes that we'll be able to measure mm -hmm. in a while. Um, but that's the intention. So we invite everybody to go to our website at connectingthedotsfilm.com and register. Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and on Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Look for Connecting the Dots Film and uh, join us and, and be part of the conversation. Our hashtag is raise your hand. So we invite everybody to raise their hand and, and uh, be part of the conversation. And I think that a lot of this will grow into a global conversation, which is what I expect uh, from the very beginning, that we don't just stay in, in our own little corner, but that we are able to help each other and maybe take from what other people are doing to be able to replicate that as a positive change into our own communities. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, so yeah, connecting, connecting the dots film.com and people from there, you can find everything and you can register for the, the screening on the 19th. Um, do you have anything planned next? What the next ideas for a film is, or is it too early to tell, or you can't no, tell? No, I'm not ready to think of any other film at the moment. I just <laughs> gave birth to this film. And now um, I have to take care of it very closely, and and I'm and I'm convinced that films of this nature are made for a purpose, and my purpose is to create change um, and provoke change. So in order to do that, there's a lot of dedication that has to be put forward. So I'm working in partnership with many organizations that already came up uh, to support what we are doing, and that's wonderful at this early stage to have their support. And I think together we'll be able to make a difference. So we have organizations mm -hmm. in Canada, like Frame, which is a co-partner of, of this event in co-presenting um, this event on the 19th. We have supporting partners like Origin from Australia and the International Association of Mental Health. Um, we have UNICEF Global. We have uh, Global Mental Health at Harvard. And, and Your Life Speaks, which is the organization from Nathan Harmon, who is part of the film. Um, so between all of us, we have created 
you know, quite a lot of noise so far, but it's only been a few weeks. But the idea is that we bring more organizations together so they have the possibilities of outreaching to their own communities. And that's how we are going to work in a global way and, and one step at a time. Yeah. All right. Wow. So the work's really just beginning. That's uh, it's good to hear, though. And I just want to say again, it was a great film. I thought it was a great subject to tackle. Um, thank you for doing that. And thank you for taking the time. My to pleasure. Speak thank you so much for having me and for all the good insights and all the reflections that the film brought to you. There you have it. I cannot thank Noemi enough for making the film, for joining me to speak about the film connecting the dots uh, so please do go to connecting the dots film.com register to be a part of the screening on november 19th at 3 p.m eastern standard time that is followed by a, a roundtable discussion um, should be a great event connecting the dots film.com you can register for that and you can also get in touch with them about hosting your own screening. So teachers, organizers, youth, people that are concerned about youth mental health, do go to that website and check out the film. Um, thank you all for listening. Please follow us at 2gram, at, at 2gram, at 2bradforyou on uh, Twitter and Instagram, 2bradforyou at gmail.com is our new website, our new email address. So hit us up, subscribe, like, love you all. Thanks for following, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.